Hello, and welcome to Fell and Puck, a podcast about sports ball for the rest of us. Unlike other sports ball podcasts, we talk about sports without assuming you out there in listener know it land know everything there is to know about ground rule doubles or the pick and roll. I'm Rachel, your baseball guru, currently in the offseason, and this is... Uh, I'm Nancy, your basketball enthusiast, among other things. And I'm Rebecca, coming to you from the East Coast. Uh, I'm your hockey person, and there's lots of hockey stuff. Sure is. Lots of hockey and basketball. Uh, So uh, first, well, first, I always feel weird introducing myself for this one, but uh, we'll just go straight into the unwritten rule of baseball. Yay, the unwritten rule of baseball. Yes, this one's a little bit of a long one, but uh, it's important, and you'll see why (laughs) soon enough. Tell us, Rachel. Okay, so today's unwritten rule, retaliation in the form of the beanball is totally acceptable. Ooh, I'm biting my tongue. Okay. So far, we've talked about a lot of infractions without discussing, discussing punishments. Yes, sometimes players are forced to apologize to the other team after the game, but that's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm talking about beanball, the brushback, the high cheddar, playing a little chin music. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> Is that English? It, I'm starting to get a little hungry, though. <laughs> <laughs> it goes like this. A player breaks one of these unwritten rules. Most commonly, these days at least, it's stopping too long to look at or celebrate a home run. How dare they? Which is considered a direct affront to the pitcher. The game goes on, (laughs) but the pitcher remembers. The next time that player's up to bat, wham! He gets served a little frontier justice in the form of a fastball that's a little too far inside. Ouch! Usually the batter gets hit in the arm or the back, because those are the easiest targets, but it's not named beanball for nothing. In 1920, Cleveland shortstop Ray Chapman died 12 hours after being hit in the head by a pitch. Oh my god! This was before batting helmets, but the point stands. Jeez. And it doesn't always end with one pitch. Usually when the side ends and the other team comes up to bat, the pitcher from the aggrieved team will hit one of the other team's batters. And since pitchers don't often hit, it's usually the poor random sapper who's first up to bat who has to suffer. Oh my god. At that point, the batter usually charges the mound, the bench is clear, and you get one of the most amusing sights in baseball. The outfielders trying to get to the infield so they can throw a punch (laughs) before the umps break up the fight. (laughs) Who can blame them? (laughs) There's just so much to talk about when it comes to beanball. For one, intent is nearly impossible to prove. And pitchers and their managers always give post-game interviews where they swear up and down that the hit was unintentional, especially if it was in retaliation for a previous hit from the other team. Uh-huh. It's supremely ridiculous that everyone has to officially pretend it doesn't happen when it clearly does. My fingers slipped. <laughs> yep, exactly. Still, suspensions are sometimes handed out for obvious beanballs, but they're usually only two to four games at a time. Considering the fact that the pitcher is wielding a 100 miles an hour projectile, that's a mighty light sentence. Yeah, no fucking Seriously. Uh, in, yeah, in 2017, the commissioner, Rob Manfred, responded to an escalating beanball fight by saying, quote, I felt it was different than the normal I hit your guy, you hit my guy. Which <laughs> essentially implies that there is a normal I hit your guy, you hit my guy game. Uh-huh, sure does. Uh, the 2014 Diamondbacks in particular were known for using beanball as a team-sanctioned tactic. Everyone knew it, and no one got in trouble for it. If I seem a little gleeful as I talk about this, I truly am sorry. Uh-huh. It's unconscionable, especially given the speed of current MLB fastballs and what we know about concussions to root for beanball of any sort. But that's just the problem. In a game that prides itself on being so mannered and gentlemanly, beanball is sort of a catharsis. It's like the hockey fight or the NASCAR wreck. None of us wants it to happen, except that we sort of do. Oh, I totally want the hockey fights to happen. I'm, yeah. That's... <laughs> so I propose we stamp out the beanball by fighting fire with fire. After all, it's not fair that the pitcher gets a free shot at the batter, the guy who I remind you with the solid wooden bat, and the batter can't fight back. 
with the bat. So let him. <laughs> the batter gets one free swing at the pitcher. I guarantee you that pitchers will immediately drop the beanball from their repertoire. And them's the rules. <laughs> I, I, uh, I, I feel like it's a different thing getting hit by a small projectile than, like, a large blunt object, though. Yeah. But the pitchers have had the rule of the roost for a while now. That's well, we true. Allow things to kind of. This might be getting too out. scientific, but how fast can one swing a bat versus how fast does the ball go? Because that might also I mean, impact the the force. I don't know that you can swing it that fast, but it's bigger and harder. Yeah, it's got more mass, so... and it makes kind of a sustained impact. Yeah. Also. I mean, I imagine sometimes pitchers do throw beanballs and accidentally miss. You're not going to miss if you're swinging a bat at somebody. <laughs> well, <laughs> I think they do dodge, miss right? plenty when they're swinging the bat, don't they? <laughs> at the ball, not at a human. <laughs> um, you know what? This this makes me wonder. Uh, this may be like a, a parking lot thing that we save for another day. But how much mm. of this kind of retaliation is because of this fragile masculinity that these children have <laughs> quite a lot i would imagine like the, say more about what you're thinking here well Rebecca. so i mean so uh, of course i understand it in the context of hockey so right. um you know somebody somebody takes what their teammate thinks is a hard check or a bad check and then on mm -hmm. their next shift out with whoever checked them they go and try to start a fight like they're mm -hmm. trying to stand up for their their bro or their guy or whatever or they're what like i I don't even know. I I, I, am, I, I get I am what you're saying. No but, hockey fight. But also, I would absolutely do the same thing. Like, I know this about myself. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if, like, we were on a hockey team and somebody, like, did something shitty to you, I would, like, my instinct would absolutely be to go out and, like, do something shitty to them. Like, that, well, I don't you. know what that says about me as a person. <laughs> I'm not sure I want to know what that says, but, but, but it probably says I'm very, like, tribalist, I guess. I don't know. But, but yeah, I mean, this is why I think if I were a hockey player, I'd be a defender, because I would definitely enjoy slamming the other team into the boards. This mm -hmm. is true, and I understand this about my own well, but, but there's a difference between, like, the legal checks and slamming people to the yeah. boards and going for the retaliation. Well, but, okay, so, like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I would never go set out to, like, you know, ram some guy head first into the boards. Like, I feel like there's a line between, like, I'm going to intentionally, like, really fuck you up. Right. Which is not okay, and right. I don't want to ever see anybody do it, and I would not do it, versus, like, hey, you hit my friend a little harder than you needed to. I'm going to hit you a little harder than I need to right now so that you don't do that sure. again, you know? Like, but where does like the where does the throwing a baseball at somebody's head fall in that spectrum? I, 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 it feels like a massive escalation because you know, yeah. in hockey at least there's physicality on both right. sides. In baseball, baseball terms, you're going from you know pausing a little bit, running to first to <laughs> the projectile. I agree. Well, and I also feel like, and I mean, obviously, I don't watch baseball, so I don't have a real opinion on this, but <laughs> purely bullshitting. Yeah. <laughs> I'd say it would feel a lot different to me if it's you know throwing and whacking some guy in the arm versus whacking some guy in the head like it still yeah. sucks it's yeah. still 100 a mile per hour projectile but like you can have a hell of a bruise versus a concussion that maybe right. kills you 12 hours later. <laughs> right. you know yeah. like those are different things so and you definitely don't see as many headshots anymore i, I would think. hope i would not. hope yeah. so yeah that feels really 
on sporting. I mean, especially given what we know about concussions these days, I think that's a really good point. Like yeah. that's, I feel like at this point, anybody in sports taking any intentional headshot should just be run out of the league. Like, it's just not acceptable. Whatever league they're in. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, thank you well, for that rule, Rachel. You're welcome. <laughs> Speaking of contact sports, <laughs> uh, we uh, had the season finale of football uh, back <laughs> at the beginning of the month. It's so long ago. <laughs> it's been a few <laughs> weeks now. <laughs> yeah, I didn't watch much of the season, but the season finale was uh, was pretty exciting Ugh. as it goes Ugh. in terms of football games. I, I mean, it was. It was. I mean, I was I was trying real hard not to care, but I did get excited like halfway through, and then it got turned on its head. So, like, we should clarify, we should or remind our audience, as it were, it was the Niners versus the now I can't even remember Kansas, Kansas City, City Chiefs. Thank you, the Kansas. I wiped it from my mind because <laughs> I was so unhappy about the result. Um, so I don't want to say I was rooting for the Forty ers because, as we covered previously, I have my issues with them, but I was low key rooting for the Forty ers um, and they were doing so good for like the first three quarters, <laughs> and then yep, and then and then stuff happened. So stuff happened. Yeah. So I'd written at the top of my notes, "Wow, the Forty ers sure got their asses handed to them." Huh? <laughs> but only in like the last five minutes, though. Yeah, uh, three touchdown drives in the final nine minutes mm-hmm. of the game from uh, Kansas City mm-hmm. uh, of sixty-five, eighty-three, and forty-two yards, respectively. Mm-hmm. Um, it was Kansas City's third come-from-behind win in a row. Mm-hmm. So the last two postseason games, they had also come from behind. Yep. One like a 27-0 to and one like a 17-7. to mm-hmm. um, So, yeah, just a complete momentum shift. In it that really last was. Yeah, quarter. entirely. Yeah, it was wild. Because um, it definitely, like, it was not, the 49ers did not get off to a sort of, like, quiet, respectable, like, well, maybe they'll pull this off sort of thing. It was like, oh, shit, the 49ers are, like, absolutely going to win this. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. They are just pulling ahead and doing everything well and running the ball. And, like, it was great. And then, yeah, the wheels came off of that wagon. <laughs> or or yeah. the wheels got right on, right on the track that they were supposed to be on all along, <laughs> depending on your perspective. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Yeah, depending on your perspective. It's true. I will say that I... Uh, you know, it, I, one thing I did appreciate is that uh, it was not a game where, although one of the touchdowns, I do think, and Rebecca and I had this brief conversation on Twitter about this, where I feel like it was a bullshit call <laughs> in terms of technically it was correct, but it's a bullshit rule that was the basis for the correct mm-hmm. call. Um, and Rebecca, I think your position was them's the rules, <laughs> <laughs> if I may sum that up correctly. Um but it, the, the Kansas City Chiefs did just outplay the 49ers at the end. Like, it was not, yeah. like, I didn't come out of it feeling like the Niners got robbed. Or yeah. Anything. It was like, it, it didn't okay. turn on one call. No, was... no, they just really got outclassed in, yeah. like, the last Yeah, that, minutes, that play so. you're talking about, Nancy, was, uh, I don't remember the mm-hmm. players uh, in the moment, mm-hmm. but the ball crossed the plane mm-hmm. of the goal line before the runner stepped out of bounds. So that's why it was called a good call. He was running, right. caught it, but it but because the ball crossed the line, it right before, the ball in his hand right. as his entire body goes around the outside of the post. <laughs> yep. Like it was so, it was so, so beautiful. Like this was 
<laughs> it was terrible. So this was so I legitimately did not know that the ball did not have to touch the ground in the touchdown zone. I thought it like ha- in the end zone. Yes, whatever that thing. <laughs> The place where you get the points. Right. <laughs> um, I I really did think that like you had to touch the ground. So I was very confused when this happened. I was like, his body didn't touch the ground. The ball didn't touch the ground. Like, mm-hmm. what the hell? This is clearly an erroneous call. And also he was out of bounds. So like, none of this counts anyway. And it was very close when they did all the replays. Like, he goes out of bounds, like, nanoseconds after yep. the ball breaks that plane. Yep. But so I was definitely sitting there going, what the hell just happened? This is ridiculous. Clearly this has to be overturned, which is not the case. I mean, you are correct. The The rule as written is if the ball crosses that line, regardless of where in space it is, yep. it counts, <laughs> which I think is dumb as shit. But, <laughs> but that's but that's the rules. <laughs> but that's the rules. So like, okay, yeah. fine. <laughs> All right. All right. So it was correctly called. I mean, I'll I'll give them that. Yeah. (laughs) But I mean, even if you take that touchdown away. (laughs) Yeah, no. Yeah. Yeah. But it was a momentum changer, I think. But still. Yeah. So one of the things that that got me at the beginning of the Super Bowl, because most of what I, you know, like I rarely watch football at all. And it does tend to be a, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say a little bit more heavily, quote unquote, patriotic, um, than some of the other sports um patriotic coded maybe um but the thing that i always think anytime i go to a live game of any sport um is how tired are the players of hearing the national anthem every other night for years (laughs) like I don't know how they stand through it with a straight face. Like I was in marching band. We had to play it, you know, multiple times a week and I was sick of it. Then I can't imagine having to have a professional career where you have to like stand there and listen to somebody warble their way through it. I think they don't hear it. I think a lot of them don't even hear it anymore. I mean, I think you must be right. It's probably just part of like the pregame ritual at this point. Yeah. yeah. Like, okay, I'm going to turn off and right. focus myself for. Yeah. I mean, maybe it is sort of like valuable centering time or something. Yeah. It's a moment you, of you quiet know. before the game starts. Yeah. Yeah, that might be true because I just I I you know anytime I'm watching on TV I just like DVR and fast forward <laughs> yeah. through it so I'm not immune to it. And then every time we go to like a live game and they like bring out the flag and everybody has to stand and I'm just like what what <laughs> okay all oh, right this thing we have to do this thing again. Yep. Uh yeah. Relatedly, the Super Bowl has all this production around like the coin toss and like bringing out the military to do this and like all the color guards and stuff. And I just have to say like all of this, the production around all of the tiny little details is so weird to me. And I know Mm -hmm. it's because it's the season finale, but yeah, they don't do that every game. I know. I know. But I was just, I'm like watching it and I feel like a sociologist or something. (laughs) And now the natives parade out the elders. <laughs> yeah, it is interesting how uh, for the for the football season finale, every single piece of it is a production. It yes. is. It's so huge. Yeah. It's like, and now we consult the oracle, <laughs> read the entrails. <laughs> Have to do the coin toss the right way by the right yeah. person. Call it at the uh-huh. right time. Yeah. Uh huh. It's wild. Yeah. It's wild. Um, I was looking back at some of my notes from that day, and by notes, I mean the things that I tweeted in the moment. Um, 
And apparently I was real upset about the cost of commercials, which I think we talked about last time, mm-hmm. but, mm-hmm. Um, but a, a 30 second commercial cost $5.6 million. So right. try not to think about what you could do with that money. Yep. I know. Right. So like there was a state farm commercial that was recycled from an old one that had about five or seven seconds of new video. So just, just for airing that, essentially five or seven seconds of new video, $5.6 million. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a, um, oh, I did the math on it. And apparently that's $187,000 per second. Jeez. <laughs> like that's more than my take home pay for two years. Yeah, and same. that's how much it costs per second mm-hmm. in the Super Bowl mm-hmm. uh, this mm-hmm. year. Cause next year it's going to be even higher. Well, um, I mean, this, this is like that thing about, you know, how we talk about we can't actually conceive of how much money billionaires have. No, right. Absolutely yeah. like, not. I mean, I feel like this is like, as you're saying, this is two years of your take home pay gone like yes. literally that. Literally yeah. like that. <laughs> I mean, how do you even conceive of that sort of thing? And then it's a drop in the bucket for a lot of these companies. That oh, absolutely. Yeah. They're buying, you know. Yeah. Adds every other break. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it's mm-hmm. just absurd to me. Now, there was, um, there were two commercials. One was for the Black mm-hmm. Widow movie and one was for something. Oh, one was for something. I don't remember what, but Jason Momoa was in it. Uh, and oh, so that, oh, oh, that was creepy. creepy. I, oh. I don't even care. He is so pretty. That was, that was $11 million well spent. <laughs> I completely disagree. Yeah. <laughs> Because they made him unpretty. Okay, yeah. so the first half of that commercial was worth it. And <laughs> descended into body horror. Yeah, I, I, com- yeah, oh, oh. I was cringing and covering my eyes. You know what? I could, and I, it's very possible that I'd had enough to drink that night that my, <laughs> my judgment is skewed. See, it was still early afternoon for us. So oh, like, I yeah. Was not- yeah. No, it started yeah, no. at, what, eight for us? Seven for us? Something like yeah, that? Yeah. See... No, I I remember watching that and I was like, oh, it's Jason Momoa. Oh, it's what are they they doing? Ah, He's peeling off chunks of himself. (laughs) No. Well, and I just remember thinking, like, why do you hire? I mean, I guess it's the shock value. But like, why do you hire someone who looks like Jason Momoa? And then and make him not look like Jason Momoa. But like, but but from what little I know of him, that exactly suits his sense of humor yeah you're not wrong. so i think you're that's why you pick someone like him well also can any of the three of us remember what the hell nope. that commercial was for no nope. not at all uh-uh nope so that's something i want to say i because i do remember that the premise was that like he's just like everybody else or like comfortable at home or something yeah but i i mean when in doubt guess insurance like yeah but, but I don't remember for sure, at, like at all. It was yeah, for Rocket all. Mortgage. I, okay, oh, it was close. Yeah, yeah. But it, I guess it's at the at home. Yeah, that was the key piece there. No, it was just body horror for me. I was yeah. like watching it and, and shuddering mm-hmm. deeply. <laughs> yeah. By the way, See, Rocket Mortgage like it... is not a sponsor of this podcast. But if they would like to no. be, uh, we're taking calls. <laughs> <laughs> here, Promo here. code Felpa. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like if you want a successful like Jason Momoa ad, 
You just put him on the TV right. and like pour oil over him or something. Yeah, and just like paint rocket mortgage on his chest. Uh, and uh, yeah, I would have remembered that. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> But I feel like the other theme with the commercials in general was like, how many pop culture references oh. can you pack into a single thing? Mm-hmm. Like so what we many. said at Walmart that was just have like, uh, you know, dozens of, of uh-huh. intellectual properties all sandwiched in the same commercial. And it was kind of like, oh, yeah, that's oh, right. Yeah. We're living in a cultural monopoly. Right. That's <laughs> right. I remember that one. And I was like, oh, wow. All of these are owned by, by Disney, I think, was mm-hmm. another one that did that. And I was like, this is deeply existentially horrifying yep. literally our entire cultural reference uh basis is owned by this same company yay. great <laughs> yay and what was the other one there was i don't remember it was like apple or google or something that was just like every possible meme that was in it and it was so so fast but they had all these people who had been been in memes um and the only reason I got it at all, because I'm not savvy about this shit, is that it had the girl who does the, like, no, but maybe faces <laughs> yeah. in it. And I, like, recognized her and was like, oh, oh, this is all, like, internet personality. Oh, did I miss that completely? I, th- I, I didn't. Like I don't recall it. flash on the screen. Yeah. But again, I, don't, I have no idea what it was for. <laughs> <laughs> and you had a unique... Uh... Yes. Watching experience, didn't you, Rebecca? I did, yes. Um, so I was in New York for a three-game um, uh, road trip for the Dallas Stars, one of my hockey teams. And Brittany and I happened to be staying in the same hotel as the Stars. So when we got to the hotel bar that night um, to watch the game, we were watching it with like a third of the team. That's wild. Which may also be the reason I don't remember some of these commercials. I will be quite honest. <laughs> that is fair. Yes. That is yeah. entirely fair. Yeah. They yeah. It, it was funny. We have been we'd been noticing them. Um, so that was Sunday, of course. Um, and we had hmm. been we'd been sitting in the lobby trying to do work. Brittany was doing some work and I was doing some homework. And we kept seeing the players like walk into this area behind the bar and we couldn't figure out why, because they just go in, be there for two minutes and then come out. Mm. Well, when we got there later during the game, we saw they had a big, like a big board where clearly they'd been placing their bets on the board all day long. (laughs) So there was, there was some money changing hands. Uh, Could you see who won or anything like that? uh, No. Who was betting on what? Well, and I don't understand how sports betting goes. So I couldn't even tell you like what the grid means. Um. Uh, so no, I'm, I am useless when it comes to that kind of thing. Um, <laughs> okay. but it was, it was very entertaining for us. So I just, for the record, as soon as I find my phone here, uh, want to read the, uh, <laughs> Twitter conversation that we all had <laughs> on Super Bowl Sunday <laughs> because, uh, Rebecca did very kindly, um, alert Rachel and myself <laughs> to the fact that she was uh, watching the uh, Super Bowl. I, Basically I, I with Joe Pavelski. Right. Was that the yes. part? I mean, yeah, functionally. So let's see here. Uh, I have yes. I have Nancy so saying, says, please go tell him I love him. <laughs> so it starts with, with Rebecca saying, I'm sitting at the hotel bar across the way from a quarter of the stars, including Pavelski. And Rachel immediately types, Nancy Gash. <laughs> and I said, very loudly. <laughs> Yes. 
So did you tell Joe Pavelski that I love him? I did not. Uh, I did not. I'm sorry. Um, I I was trying to maintain a low profile um, (laughs) because I didn't I didn't want to look like a crazy person who was like stalking them because I'm not. Staying at that same hotel was completely <laughs> an accident. Like, no, no, we booked I, that hotel I, months I, ago. I respect your choices. <laughs> I think that's entirely fair. That's but it was I mean, it was really cool. Wants to be the creepy stalker fan. It's true. Exactly. It's I, true. Yeah, I don't want to be known for that. Yeah, especially if you are staying in the same hotel, I feel like that makes it harder because you don't want to be like, right, exactly. Hey guys, exactly. nice to see you. Also, my friend yeah. loves you. Oh, also, we're like two floors up. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. I mean, like the yeah. whole team was there. So we were the first night we got there. Saturday night, we went to the bar after the game because they played Saturday night against the um, New Jersey Devils, and we went to the bar mm. after the game, and um, there was just like a convention of old white dudes in suits. Who are all mm-hmm. management, coaches, staff, press. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was very entertaining. That's funny. Yeah. Oh, so I want to drag us back to ads for a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, because there was one ad that I do remember um, that I that we talked a little bit about on Twitter again. And this was, um, I don't remember which company, but it was a makeup ad. And it was Women in Space. Oh, I think that was Dove. No, I think it was an actual makeup oh, company, an actual makeup like company. Maybelline or something like that. Um, and it was all of these like super glammed up women doing rocket ships and launching into mm. space, and it was supposed to be very like rah rah women's empowerment, women in science, women in science, and it even had like an actual female astronaut. Yeah. Um, and. It super rubbed me the wrong way, and I had a hard time putting like putting into words what it was about it that made me feel icky. Mm-hmm. Um, because I love women in science, I love space. Like I, I also, for those of you who don't know what I look like, I wear a lot of makeup. Like I like that too, and I definitely am one of you know I'm on team. You can, you know, be feminine and perform femininity and still be, you know, a badass scientist or whatever, though you shouldn't have to. Nobody should have to perform femininity if they don't want to. But there was just something about the, like, yeah, just the commercialization of women's empowerment being used to sell something which is so often used as a tool of female oppression. Yes. That... I found really disingenuous and really problematic. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I'm interested what you guys thought of that. Yeah. It was one of those where it started, you know, kind of as just, you know, women in this rocket ship and mm-hmm. like, and then it kind of took the turn to, oh yeah, makeup. And there was something like, was the rocket look like lipstick or yeah, something? Yeah, it was very, it was very kitschy. like, ooh, Yeah. Ooh. Very so that's slick. where we're going with this. Yeah. Yeah. And they like strutted out in high heels mm-hmm. in their like spacesuits that were like like there was a lot of pink, I remember, and yeah, a lot of pink. Yeah, I mean I, I love the idea of having traditionally feminine women doing traditionally male jobs just for the mm-hmm. visual kind of shock of it. But yes. I but I feel the same way. Like that's that's not how it should have to be. And it's kind of annoying that that's how the advertising is going like buy our lipstick so you can be an astronaut. 
fuck you. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I feel like it's, we're almost at a weird reversal point of how, I feel like in the 70s and 80s, and even in the 90s, there was a lot more of the, like, women, if they want to get ahead in the male fields, have to perform masculinity so you have mm-hmm. like the power suits and you, have, you know <laughs> all of this pads. and we've almost come around 180 degrees to the other direction where it's like no you have to remind everybody you're a girl right yeah. exactly mm-hmm. and if you're not doing that then somehow you're failing as like a girl scientist or yeah. whatever you know and i'd be interested to know um of course i can't remember the name of the actual astronaut who was in the ad right. but if there are any interviews done with her and what she how yeah. she felt about it yeah yeah, I'd be interested in that, too. Because, I mean, sure as hell not bringing makeup to space, you know? No. <laughs> in real life. I mean, uh, are they? I don't know. Well, every gram has to be accounted yeah, for. Yeah, but, I mean, so, they take guitars. Like, it's true. I would not surprise me if somebody's taking a lipstick. Like, well, I don't know. Maybe. Well, we can look into that. We should. <laughs> Honestly, at this point, I'm just impressed how long we've talked about the, the uh, Super Bowl without talking about football. <laughs> Sorry, <Golly>. Brittany. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we were going to we're going to have uh, some questions for our, mm-hmm. our football correspondent, mm-hmm. uh, Brittany. Mm-hmm. And we'll either uh, get some of those on the next episode or we'll post them to our blog. Which is kind of why we're not focusing on some of the nitty gritty. Yeah, because none of us, I think, questions. know enough to answer. Like, I have right. a whole list of questions here. Um, and, and Rebecca I... can make some educated guesses. Yeah. Sure. But I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but, but just because um, they're educated guesses doesn't mean they're right. <laughs> <laughs> so <clears throat> one of the things that I heard talked about a little bit and I thought was interesting that I wanted you guys to take on um, because it does come up in all of our sports, is the concept of the big game, uh, the season finale, as it were, um, and what difference that makes to the players. Because I was hearing somebody talk about, you know, like not only is it like more high profile, excuse me, obviously, but also um, it actually changes the timing of it. Like halftime is longer Mm. than it normally is for the Super Bowl. And I don't, think that's true in the basketball championships I don't know about hockey or or baseball but so like for the Super Bowl not only are you playing you know to a packed house not only are you playing like in front of a a gajillion tv viewers but also the timing is all off and if you're spending your whole professional career like playing all of these games that are so routinized that your schedule is like your body Mm -hmm. I'm sure is just used to like I play X amount of time, then I get X amount of time off the field, and then we go back and we do this thing. What does it? What effect does it have on the players to like change all of that up in also the biggest game of the season? You see some of them charging onto the field while J Lo still performing. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> back, back. <laughs> yeah, I I imagine. Well, I don't know. I honestly, this is one of the things I could go either way. It would either fuck me up entirely. Or I would be so thankful for that extra 10 minutes where I could, like, mm-hmm. eat my orange slices and chicken salad and, you know, mm-hmm. maybe ice something for a few minutes. Mm-hmm. I Honestly, I, I, I like... got to say, it's probably a 50-50 split between the players. I say that based on absolutely nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it... Like, honestly, if it were me, like, the whole experience would be so surreal that it almost wouldn't 
matter, right. right? You know, like the whole thing. Like I feel like you probably just dissociate. Yeah. You know? I mean, you're probably <laughs> in the locker room, and like there's all this like pounding and pyrotechnics going on above uh-huh. you. You know, I wonder how much they can hear in there. I have no idea. That's a good question. Do they watch? Do they have monitors down there where they can they watch must. the? They must. I bet they do. I don't know. I don't know. Because then, because if I'm the coach, do I really want them? Okay. So we're, we're watching, Mm -hmm. we're watching the game with, (laughs) with a a third of the stars. And while Shakira and JLo are on the TV, two of the guys are sitting at the end of the bar. And this is good for you guys, but not for podcasting because it's a visual medium. But they are staring at JLo and Shakira like, like it was the it was first time very... they had seen a woman in their lives. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> no. I'm not gonna say Nancy did have that expression on her face, but no. All I'm saying no, is no, no. Shakira looks damn good oh. for 43. Oh, oh yes, absolutely. I I'm not. Uh, I am not trying to disparage the women in any sense of the word. No, no, um, no, no. I get yes, you. But I'm wondering if perhaps the coaches don't want their right. players being distracted during halftime <laughs> by that, just uh, like drool pooling down their faces. Right. <laughs> well, and also, I mean, it, it, and I genuinely don't know this. I'm sure Brittany does, but like, are they just using this time to like go over strategy and plays and stuff? Like, is this actually work time for the team and halftime doesn't matter at all? Like. Is it a kind of a gift for them because they get extra time to review footage and go over what they want to do in the second half? I mean, uh, you know, uh, hockey is not football. I do know this, um, but mm. but intermissions in hockey are work time. I mean, they they yeah the um the service guys. Why can't I remember their name? Um, their names. The they're like drying gloves and they're taping sticks mm-hmm. and people are doing mm-hmm. all sorts yeah. of stuff to get prepped for the next period. Um, mm-hmm. and they're, they're having conversations, which is why sometimes you see a team come out in the next period looking like a completely different team than they did in the previous one. So, mm-hmm. so I think it is work time and maybe that extra, however many minutes they get for halftime at the Super Bowl is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's how it is in basketball too. Halftime, like you go back to the locker room and you, you know, yeah. ice, whatever needs iced and you listen to the coach tell you what you did wrong and what you need to do right yeah. in the next couple quarters yeah yeah so i have some questions rebecca see what you think of these um and then we'll just punt haha football terms (laughs) (laughs) the leftover ones to Brittany. um so at one point and i don't remember which one it was now i think it was the chiefs quarterback made a touchdown and i was curious how often that happens because i feel like that's not a thing that I've seen much of. What, the quarterbacks making know. touchdowns? Yeah, themselves. Well, the quarterback can run yeah. if they want. They can, it's, but how often does that happen? Because he's usually, like, behind everybody. And, uh, I don't think it's know. I don't think it's as rare as you think it is. Really? Yeah. Okay. Because a, a good quarterback sure. is going to know when to throw it and when to run it. And if there's no throwing mm-hmm. play, they will run it in. Hmm. Okay. I guess I have mostly seen them throw it or hand it off. Yeah. Like not always like chucking it down the field, but like passing it to somebody else to go run it. So, okay. Um, Another question I had, and this was just because I wasn't paying close attention, but do they change the direction that they play every quarter or every half, or does it go the same direction all the time? It does not go the same direction. Yeah, they do change, but I couldn't tell you how often. That's what I 
thought. I thought it changed, but I wasn't sure if it changed at the half or if it changed every quarter. I don't remember. Um, I want to say the half, but I'm just pulling that out of my butt. So I mean, that's what basketball does. It would make sense. Um, and hockey goes, you know, left, right, left, because they have the three periods. But yeah. It's interesting. I could see it making a difference in football where you got the win. Mm-hmm. But, that's true. And you maybe hockey, outside. the ice. But basketball, I wouldn't see that there's much of a... So, um, according to the internet, they switch sides every oh, quarter. Oh, actual answer. Yes, they switch sides okay. every quarter. Okay. And that has been right. since 1920. That's... It's to ensure fair play for each team, usually because of weather or field conditions. That makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That makes sense then that I had written that down because I must have noticed it switched at not the half and was like, what's going yeah. on? This is weird. Um, we can't talk about the Kansas City Chiefs and not talk about their uh, usage of Native American imagery for their mascot. Mm-hmm. And this is a sports problem, generally. Yes. Uh, some teams do it better or worse than others. Uh, but I was thinking about it because one of the... So I went to college in Utah, lived in Utah for a while, and the biggest school in Utah is the University of Utah, who are the Utes, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but they have, as far as these things go, a relatively good, as I understand it, relationship with the local tribe. Mm-hmm. Um, they bring them out at the start of every season and honor them. And like they, I've seen them have, you know, uh, tribal elders do like a, a ceremony at the beginning of the season. You know, oh, so that's like great. Yeah, I mean, it's still not good, (laughs) but it's better than it could be. It's doing something. Um, It's doing something. Uh, And versus, you know, like the Washington Redskins. Mm -hmm. Uh, But we, Rachel and I were watching the Super Bowl, and of course we hear, you know, Tomahawk startup, which is the old, Mm -hmm. you know, fight song, Mm -hmm. which I grew up with near the fighting Illini, that was always, you know. Also incredibly unoriginal. I hadn't realized that just about every team that has oh, a yeah, totally. American mascot uses the same mm-hmm. chant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. 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 Uh, so I'm just curious, and I don't know about this, so this may be something that we need to look up, is, like, mm, what is the Kansas City Chiefs uh, stance on any of this, or have they considered changing their name? I mean... <laughs> It's well, given, a little more generic. It's not given that their ma- one of their mascots is called War Paint, and they their arena is Arrowhead Ooh. Stadium. I'm guessing there's not much going on in terms of changing oh. things. Yeah, I mean their official mascot is that bargain bin wolf, Casey Wolf. Oh, that's right. <laughs> it looked, <clears throat> Casey, it looked yeah, you know, right. like a bad high school mascot. It really did. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cool. 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 So yeah, I just wanted to call that out there. I didn't feel like we could uh, no pass that by. Agreed. And we should not. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Yeah. So Rebecca. Yes. Other than, you know, uh, a thing to do with the Romulans, what is the neutral zone? <laughs> what is the neutral zone? <laughs> yeah. In football? Yeah. Yes. Oh, no idea. Cool. I mean, so, with so in hockey, then. the neutral zone is the area between the two um, yes. defending zones. So I would assume right. that it's the same in football, but I don't know what the what the markers are on the, I almost said on the ice, on the field. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that seems like a very sound assumption. But yeah, I hadn't really realized there was one. I thought one half was 
was one team's half. Well, I don't know that it's a, team's half. Uh, like a permanent, like it is in, in hockey, like the, oh, the lines on the field. Around? I think it moves with the line oh. of scrimmage. Oh. Look at you busting oh. those terms. So, <laughs> I don't know if I'm right. <laughs> the neutral zone, you're you're absolutely right. The neutral zone <gasps> does move. Gold starter, Rachel. So the neutral zone is approximately 11 inches or the length of the football when it is placed on a certain spot on the field prior to the snap. Okay. So, okay. Because that came up because somebody transgressed it. Like before the snap, and the and it like I don't remember if it resulted in a turnover or what, but somebody the and the announcer was like, oh, he trespassed into the neutral zone. Like, Watch out for Romulan! Oh no, Romulan Warbird! What? <laughs> but which tells you far too much about my proclivities. Yeah. But so then I was like, oh, okay, I didn't know this was a so thing. essentially a neutral zone infraction would be um, a kind of false start. So right. both yeah. teams have to be on, like, nobody can cross the plane of the football, essentially, before mm-hmm. the snap happens. Mm-hmm. And the snap being when the quarterback chucks the ball to the guy behind him, right? That's when the no, snapper the chucks the ball behind him to, to the quarterback. quarterback. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Gotcha. Okay. Were there any other questions you wanted to run by Rebecca? Oh. she can run by Google? Yeah. <laughs> I, I think we should save the, the football questions for somebody who actually knows yeah. what they're talking about. I, I think you're doing a terrific job. Well, thank you, you are. Yes. Thank but you. I also think that's very fair. So <laughs> I will save them. Do we have any other comments on the superb owl? The superb owl. Uh, I don't know. It's a weird cultural phenomena to me. It really is. It's just... And I've, I've said to you before that I, I just can't get into football. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I think there's just too much cultural baggage there. Yeah. For me. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, try to let people appreciate it on uh-huh. their own, but uh, not something I can really get into the same way I can get into other sports. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That's it's, fair. It's interesting. I mean, I definitely. So I spent many years in marching band, um, and so was exposed to a fair amount of football, and like our fortunes were rather closely tied to the football you know season and events and whatever but it was just so much like marching band was so much its own thing that I never really paid much attention you know like I still don't know shit about football <laughs> in spite you of the fact in marching band for a long time and not actually oh, learn anything about football yeah. <laughs> it is possible <laughs> so like I mean I've sat through you know hours and hours and hours and hours of football and retained zero sure but know. but for marching band like the gameplay is your intermission yeah exactly so why would you pay attention you've got your own stuff to do <laughs> well you did you gotta I mean, like have a certain snack and empty your spit valve <laughs> <laughs> well um, so i was on drumline um so oh. we didn't have to pay a tiny bit of attention because we would have like specific cadences we do when something good happened but right. uh my high school team sucked <laughs> so that didn't happen often <laughs> okay. and i wasn't the one paying attention anyway it was just you know like i i was down the drum line somewhere and so whenever the leader was like you know go time and whacked on their drum then right. i paid attention <laughs> right, right right so yeah i don't know yeah <laughs> eh, that's that's my final thought on super bowl more marching bands they should have marching bands in the super bowl damn it Okay, well, that about wraps it up for football for the year, <laughs> at least for a few more months. Um, I'm going to bring it back around to baseball, at least briefly. <laughs> Do it. Um, so, 
what we've got going on right now, well, spring training literally just started yesterday. So the first games, you know, happy baseball season. Thank you. I'm so I'm so pleased for um, you. Me too. So what we've still going on got going on in the background though is the uh, Astros scandal mm-hmm. uh, keeps uh, rolling on. Uh, every time the uh, somebody on the team makes a public statement, usually ends up putting their foot in their mouth, and people get upset all over again. <laughs> Say it ain't so. So, to this point, there has been punishment of some of the, the managers and coaches, but none whatsoever for the players of the team as a whole. And uh, people are reacting strongly to that. <laughs> um, I can't imagine why. I, I read a really interesting article on, uh, from New York Magazine, a guy named Will Leach, and uh, this sentence in particular was a favorite of mine. The Houston Astros sign-stealing scandal has impossibly entered its fourth month and shows no signs <laughs> of abating. With Astros players being accosted and apologizing terribly at spring training, opponents rubbing their hands together in anticipation of throwing baseballs at Astros' mm. heads, including the mascots, oh. and MLB Commissioner Rob Manfred looking for all the world like he just woke up strapped to the side of a missile headed directly for the sun. So I Yikes. thought that was an interesting encapsulation. Um, and it's it's been really interesting the way that baseball is a, like, the fans have, have reacted to this. Um, because, and several sources have pointed out that, um, but I think we talked about it a little bit, that the, the technology-assisted science dealing is just a different form of something that is part of baseball. And, you know, the second, the, the runner who's on second trying to figure out what the sign is. Um and the Astros clearly aren't the only team that's done it. Mm-hmm. Like, we've talked about the Red Sox and right. the Yankees have, have right. engaged in it, but there's all this vitriol at the Astros, and at this point, not really anyone else. Really? It's not bleeding over onto the Red Sox at not all? Not right? from what I can tell. That's I mean, you've weird. even got players on the Red Sox who are yeah. are uh, bad-mouthing uh, Mike Flyers. Really? Who kind of you turn attention on this. It's because um, it's so recent. Yeah. And he's... But the Red Sox, that was that was more recent, yeah. yeah. Um, Still, so but with everything getting... that's going on in the world, that 2018 feels like 70 years ago. <laughs> yeah, but the Astros, it was uh, 2017. 2017. Yeah, so it oh, was the Astros right. and then the Red Sox. Yeah, yeah. Well, never mind that. Um, yeah, but for whatever reason, it's I people kind of don't like the Astros anyway. Well, does it? I'll, I'll <laughs> never mind. Um. I mean, it's not that the Red Sox Insert and the Yankees don't have their, about the Red Sox their tractors as well. But, you know, that's that's part of the fascination is that this has only been turned against the Astros. Yeah, that's weird. Um, and they are receiving death threats and horrible... Okay, that's not yes, okay. Yes, and we also obviously have to say that that, yeah, you no, know, is never okay. No, like, um, and that there's a big difference between, like, sports hating somebody oh, and, yeah. you know, wishing ill on individual players. Absolutely. Big, I feel like we need difference. to go ahead and throw that out there. Yeah. Yeah, if if you um, listeners weren't aware of our stance on this, no death threats. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, a, that's no. a straight up no no. <laughs> yeah, just no, no reason. No, even threats of bodily harm, not okay. Nope, no, no. no. I mean, like, I I stand like, by my put everything all in perspective and can calm suck down. it. But like, as human <laughs> beings, fine. Like, yeah. whatever, they get to live their lives. Um. So we're gonna see. Uh, this season, especially spring training, cranks up, and the reason I part of the reason I want to talk about the bean ball today is mm. we might see that, yeah, um, both in games against the Astros, and you know the Astros are going to face off against the A's uh, quite a few times because they're in the same division, and you know Mike Fires is not going to get up to pitch, but are the A's going to be mm. 
you know, aiming beanballs at the the mm-hmm. are the Astros going to be aiming at the A's because of because Mike, Fires. Mike Fires? So remind oh us, God. Mike Fires was the one who he played. Himself. Yes, he played um, on the Astros in 2017. Mm-hmm. Um, came to the A's, gave a recent interview where he flat out confirmed, "Yes, we were doing this. I feel terrible about it." Mm-hmm. Um, and there's been some blowback at him calling him a snitch. And um, gross. Yeah, yeah, it's it's. So we'll see. Um, there's a lot of bad feeling out there. Um, nothing the Astros can say, you know, even when they try to apologize, it, it seems to get worse. <laughs> is there, so, so like, is it clear where this originated? Was it like the pitching staff? Was it a particular individual? And is it clear like how wide no. known it was? Uh, well, everybody kind of knew. Okay, yeah. so the entire team yeah. was in on it. I mean, probably the entire league knew. Okay, really? Okay. Yeah. I mean, anyone who played them and heard the trash can must have, <clears throat> must have heard it. Um, but again, it's one of those things that we don't talk about it. We don't I can't, can't, I can't acknowledge it. Alright, fine. Um, and that's part of the reason why Mike Fires has, has mm-hmm. been getting a lot of stuff. And I mean, there is the fact that he won you know, a national championship, and yeah. then when he moved teams, came out and said, "Right, um, he had offered to give his ring back if they wanted yeah. the championship ring back." Good um, for him. I mean, that's, that's yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's a big mess that uh, doesn't seem to be getting any better. Um, the Astros got booed coming out mm. to their spring training game. Um, they Yikes. had to, uh, yeah, make some protesters leave the leave the stadium. I didn't know what their sign said, but it was probably nothing flattering. <laughs> um, even uh, uh, St. Mike Trout has made a comment about, wow. yeah. And um, you'll see, you won't see baseball players coming out and making statements mm-hmm. about things like the way you will in some other sports. Um, but yeah, even Mike Trout said something along the lines of he, he lost some respect for the Astros and how nice it would be for him to know what pitch was coming. Mm. So everybody's Yikes. kind of like, oh, well, if Mike Trout said something, then so here's a question I have. Mm-hmm. Given the amount of turnover in sports teams versus like vitriol directed at a team overall, like how many of the players on the Astros right now were even involved in this? Like just it's hard at, to say. I mean, there is kind of a core group mm-hmm. um, that have kind of been with them since the uh, – uh, when they were terrible and they started to get really mm-hmm. good draft picks again and that team kind of ascending. There's enough of a core group, I think. Okay, but it's that, still... Yeah. All right. Because I just feel like if you had turned over, like, nearly your entire roster and then there's a bunch of guys who are mm-hmm. just, like, getting shat on. Right. And like, I, I, I feel here. really bad for anybody starting with the Astros this oh, season. Yeah. It's just like, yes, I'm coming up, I'm going to be playing in the majors. Uh, and uh, everybody's shitting on me. <laughs> uh, Sorry, kiddo. Yeah. Yeah, dang. Um, but the uh, just to sum up for right now, because I'm sure there'll be more. But um, Will Leach kind of ended that that article uh, with an optimistic take, saying that this is can be kind of seen as a fun scandal because it's it's not about drugs, it's not about domestic violence. <laughs> okay, nobody's getting hurt. It's about baseball itself and it's how the game cheating. is played. Okay, yes. all right. Um, okay. So we can that's still fair. have fun with this scandal. Yeah, no, that's valid. Yeah. I, I suppose I would rather have that kind of scandal rather than one involving personal injury, especially yeah. to a spouse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. totally. Yeah, no, that's that checks out. All right. 
Although I'm still laughing at the concept of a fun scandal, but sure. I mean, you sure. can definitely have fun scandals whenever a Russian judge is involved. Uh, okay. uh, <laughs> All right, so I'm going to turn it over to Rebecca now, who has some uh, a couple of hockey things to talk about. You know, it's funny. I was I was actually going to segue myself by, spay, by saying, speaking of Russian judges... <laughs> <laughs> Yay! Um, yeah, so is that a dated reference these days? What was is that? that? Because we're all in our thirties that we get it the Russian be. judges joke. Oh, it um, could be because that was when we were kids. It yeah. was when we were kids, that, that, yeah. like teenagers too, I think. But yeah, okay, all right, <laughs> all right, podcast listeners, we're all in our thirties. <laughs> <full> disclosure. <laughs> um, so major milestone in hockey was reached this weekend. Um, Mm -hmm. On Saturday night, when the Capitals were playing the New Jersey Devils, and I promise Mm -hmm. I would report on this, even if it wasn't my team, just happens Uh to be my team, Um, Alexander Uh Ovechkin got his 700th career goal, which... That's a lot. Yes, it is a lot. Um, And actually, in the month of January, he climbed the list of... um, uh, all-time goal scorers by like four or five places because he went on a tear in January. Um, but he got his nice. 700th on Saturday. He's currently at eighth overall um, in NHL history in terms of goals. Um, he's almost definitely going to be seventh by the end of the season because he would only have to get nine more goals and we still have 20 ish games left. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and now that he's hit 700, which only seven other people have done in history, mm-hmm. um, there's real um, conversation about the likelihood of him hitting or beating Wayne Gretzky's record, which is Ooh. 894, which mm. is a lot. Do not get yeah. me wrong. But... Doing the math, and I'll admit uh-huh. I did not do the math. I'm pulling this from Greg Wyshynski's, um ESPN article. Right now, um, if Ovi maintains his career average of .61 goals per game, he would pass Gretzky during the 23-24 season when he's 38. And if he slows to .5 goals per game, he would still break Gretzky's record at the age of 39 during the 24-25 season. And Ovi has not missed a game because of injury in four years. Dang. Wow. So knock on some wood when you say that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah. Uh, so, so you know, whether it happens or not, um, he's still in the list of all-time greats. Uh, and it's really, really fun to watch and awesome to see. Um, I think it was, I think it was, um, NBC sports put together a montage of him celebrating his goals and, (laughs) and it, and the whole concept is you'd think after 700 goals, it would get old, but he still celebrates every goal. Like he's loving the game and loving what he does. And it's so fun to see. Um, and in terms of players, who have reached 500 goals or more. There are only two active players in the league on that list. One is Ovi at 700, and the other is Patrick Marlowe at 561. Mm, okay. And Patrick Marlowe Marlo has played 600 more games than Ovi. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, because he was the one who passed the, what was it, 1700 games mark a month or two ago? Yep. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, huge milestone for Ovi. Amazing to watch. I love to see it. I mean, the, the joy that he brings to the game is amazing. And I think it's infectious with the rest of the team. And I love it. That's so nice. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the other, the other big, uh, thing in hockey that happened this weekend, which, uh, I'll be honest, even though, again, this was not my team's, it almost overshadowed the Ovi thing because I was, I was writing my notes for, for talking today. And I was like, there are two things that I wanted to talk about. What was the other one? And the other one was Ovi's 700th goal. (laughs) (laughs) So... Last night, the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Carolina Hurricanes uh, had a game. Mm-hmm. Um, James Reimer was the Hurricanes' starting goalie. He was injured mm-hmm. about six minutes into the game, and so Peter Mrazek. Uh, you know what? I didn't see it because they, oh, okay. they're not my team, so I wasn't paying attention to this game. That's right. fine. I was just curious. Yeah. Um, so six minutes in, he gets injured. Then um, Peter Morazic takes over. He plays the rest of the first. And then about halfway through the second, Morazic is coming out of the net. He's on the closer, um, he's towards the half wall on the closer uh, face-off dot. He's co- going to play the puck. And um, Kyle Clifford from the Leafs is also coming to play the puck. And Kyle Clifford did not see Peter Morazic. And Uh-oh. Kyle Clifford just ran right into him and Mrazic like flipped end over end and just oh, landed wow. on the ice. Oh, it was, yeah, mm. it was a bad hit. Uh, yeah. That it was goalie with all that padding. Oh, well, yeah. 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 He, I mean, he went flying and when I say a bad hit, it was a clean hit. It was not, it did not look malicious in any way. It was just a hard hit that neither of them saw right. coming. Right. So um, in any hockey game, the the both teams dress their two goalies um right. and you can you can exchange your goalies at any time during the game usually you only do it when one gets injured or when one is being absolutely lit on fire by the other team mm-hmm. and you want right. to you want to like wake the team up or give that person a break or whatever um rarely it happens that both goalies get injured and in that case there is in the stadium one emergency backup goalie and this emergency backup goalie. And literally this is every game across the league. There's an emergency backup right. goalie in, in every stadium. That person does not work for either team on the ice. Um, oh, interesting. Yeah. They, they are a local person who has some affiliation with hockey um, and they are in right, the stands. Right, they usually play for like a lower league or something or like a local intramural league? They might. They play. might just play beer league. They may have used to play hockey. Uh-huh. I mean, it's not like they're not going to pull like me out of the stands who can barely stand on <laughs> skates. So it is somebody who has played the position of goalie at one point. But it's not uh-huh. like they play goalie regularly for the AHL or for a collegiate mm-hmm. team or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Uh, Halfway through the second period, um, David Ayers is called up uh, and called upon to go to the dressing room and dress for the game. 
and he came out a little bit uh, a little bit farther than halfway through the second period. The score was three one uh, for the Hurricanes. Um, the Hurricanes scored one more almost as soon as he got out there. Then he let in his the first two shots that he faced. Um, so then it was what is that four four three four one four, and three, then yeah. we got into the third period. And apparently during, during intermission, he went back to the room and he was like, sorry guys, I promise I'll be good for the third. And, um, <laughs> a bunch of the, a bunch of the, um, the, um, hurricanes were saying, just, just have fun. Um, somebody yeah. said, I uh, know I've lost the, the guys told me to because have I mean, fun with it. Don't worry about how many goals go in. Just enjoy it. This is your moment. Cause I feel like if you were the team that has to bring in the emergency backup goalie. Like at that point, there's got to be a sense of like, you're just writing off the rest of this game. Well, it's like, well, yes and no. I mean, um, apparently Rod Brindamore, who's the coach of the hurricanes, um, during that intermission between the second and the third, he told Ayers, just stop the puck. He told everybody else, we're not sitting back. We're not going to hang you out to dry. Um, you're going to have to make a save or two, but we're going for it. And the Hurricanes turned it on in the third. Um, he faced, I want less than 10 shots in the third period and didn't let any of them go in. So he, uh, he earned his first NHL win ever in his first NHL game played ever. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, and, and it was extra fun because he's 42 so he's actually um, the oldest goalie ever to win in a regular season debut. Um, <laughs> the the second oldest goalie ever to do that happened in the 1926-27 season. Wow. <laughs> um, and uh, um, Ayers is a Zamboni driver, and he occasionally fills in as a backup goalie at Toronto Maple Leafs practices. So he so has fun. actually faced some of these guys in net before. Uh-huh. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's hilarious. So, you know, looking at it from that perspective, amazing. It was so much fun. I watched this, the whole second half of that game. And basically everyone I know who's into hockey, all of my hockey Twitter dropped every other game that they were watching and were watching <laughs> this guy. It was, it was great to watch the, both teams were were clapping for him, doing stick taps every Aww. time he saved something. Aww. Yeah, it was it was amazing to see. Now, if you're a Toronto Maple Leafs fan, um, this is embarrassing, and you should be ashamed of yourself. Yeah. Like that's yeah. that's that's how they're feeling about the team because well, I you're shooting against the second oldest goalie in history, basically, and you you still lose. Well, you know, I did see on Twitter, uh, the comment, which I thought was very apt, which is that you should um, never count down and out a Zamboni driver because they have a real habit of resurfacing. <laughs> you wrote it that when I retweeted it. I love uh, it. I love now it Now you so say much. it on our podcast. <laughs> All right. Credit to Rachel. <laughs> no, Sorry, I forgot one. that was you. That, that was, was so good. <laughs> there were good there one. were a lot of those. That um, winging it in Motown account had another another couple of good ones. Um, <laughs> uh, 
yeah, there were there were a lot of good tweets about it. Um, it was a really really entertaining game. Um, That's so interesting to me, though, that they just call some guy some guy. Like in baseball, you know, they don't carry a whole lot of catchers, but you know, if the two catchers get injured, you have you know somebody who usually plays first. You put mm-hmm. them in the catcher's gear mm-hmm. and just say, "Do your best." Mm-hmm. You don't pull some guy out of the stands, right? Right. And that I, I, because I'd heard of that happening before. Because didn't it happen right. with the sharks? I don't know. I don't think it was the sharks, but it happened really famously a couple of years ago. I want to say with the Blackhawks, and it, it was did. the same sort of thing. Yep, it, it was happened like in, in 2018. Scott Foster, he yeah. came in for the last yeah. seven minutes of the game, um, and right. he stopped every shot that he faced. Every single shot, but the Hawks and were it was already, a lot of shots. They too. were already losing, so they still oh, lost. But okay. they did not lose because of him. That was yeah. Right, that right. was also a that was great. He, he turned in a phenomenal performance, and it was like he's an accountant or something. So yep. then when they were interviewing him afterward, they were like, so are you going to become the team accountant now? Like, are yep. they going to offer you a job? But so they're associated with the venue, not with the team. That's correct. They cannot be wow. associated with the team. Because, it, you know, theoretically, I mean, if they're sense. associated with, with one of the teams, then it makes it unfair for the other team. Yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah. right. So the other tweet from that... It's interesting to me, get... though, that they don't have, like, the emergency backup goalie. I mean, I guess it's because they need to be associated with the team, but, like, I was going to say be, associ- be like, some, some AHL guy, you know, one of the lower tier, you know. Sure. He wouldn't be able to get in there fast enough, though. Yeah, you'd just have to, he'd have to travel with the team, and then I yeah. guess he couldn't play for the AHL team. Yeah, so, so, so yeah. that was a... Yeah. That was a one of the conversations that was happening last night amongst the, the pundits that I was just watching happening mm. was mm. Um, could the Canes sign someone and get them on the roster now, it, you know, just quickly for the end of the game. And they could not because you have to be a rostered player by 5 PM that day. The only oh. exception is this emergency backup goalie. But now oh. there, now there is a conversation about who the emergency backup goalie should be. And even if it's, you know, it, it wouldn't necessarily have to be somebody who travels with the team. It can still be somebody local. But, you know, maybe it should be like a women's uh, WNHL player. Mm, maybe it yeah. should be a collegiate player. Maybe it should be, mm-hmm. you know, somebody else it, local who, you know, can use this opportunity. Because David Ayers, mm-hmm. amazing experience. He's not going to go play in the NHL now. Right, right. Um, so that winging it in Motown account had the, the other tweet that I loved was David Ayers has never played a meaningful game against an NHL team before tonight. After facing the Maple Leafs, he looks, looks forward to his first opportunity to do so. (laughs) (laughs) Rude. (laughs) Yeah. That's, I mean, that's a Red Wings account. So they're, yeah. Uh Uh-huh. They're punching up to everybody. It's true. Oh yeah. Oh, and they they are aware because the the red ring <laughs> the red wings were officially eliminated from playoff contention on Saturday or Sunday. Yeah. I mean, they've been expectedly out for quite a while. Yeah, I was going to say, is, is that news? Does that count as this point? No, but this is this <laughs> if is they officially win every yeah. last one of their games from now on. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yep. So that that's my hockey news. I love the concept Excellent. of the the emergency backup goalie. This particular story was really fun. It is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's surprising to me, but I do like the idea. Yeah, yeah. 
I feel like the adrenaline has to be so intense if you're, you know, that yeah. guy. Well, they, like, you know, interviewing Scott Foster, the, the guy uh-huh. who did it for the Hawks in 2018, he's like, I don't remember a second of it because it was just yeah. all of yeah. my adrenaline was pumping. It was so fast. Yeah. I couldn't believe I went out there and it, then it was over. Now, Ayers yeah, played that... 28 minutes. Um, uh-huh. So he will probably remember more than Scott Foster. Um, uh-huh. but still, yeah, I agree. That's, that's gotta be just, just incredible. Yeah. It must just be like a completely out of body experience. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, we are going to hold off on our updates on our teams until mm-hmm. next episode, but that should be coming shortly. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else anybody had to say before I close it out? I don't think so. I think I'm good. Yeah, I'm, I'm good too. I just, uh, I know we're going to talk about the hockey trade deadline next time. So if anybody yes. happens to be listening and has questions about that, let us know. Yeah. Uh, I think we're also going to be talking about uh, all-star stuff in various yeah. sports. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, let and us know. And all the Warriors moves that they made, uh, <laughs> again, associated with the trade deadline. And I'll try miles. very hard not to fall asleep while you two talk about that. <laughs> do appreciate That's it. Fair. Just because I don't care doesn't mean you don't. You care about the Warriors a little bit. Well, I don't care about trade deadlines. Oh, oh okay. No, I, I do care say. about the Warriors. <laughs> yes, I do. Okay, well, uh, this has been another fun episode of Fell Puck. Uh, Rebecca, do you have our information on where you can find us online? I got it. We are on Twitter at Pod. We are on Instagram at FoulPuckPodcast, and our website is FoulPuckPodcast.net. And this podcast will go up as soon as possible on Apple, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Oh, and we should also, uh, while we're thinking about it, shout out that we have a new podcast editor who has been helping us out a ton. So thanks to Joe uh, for lending skills yes. to make us sound good and <laughs> immense, in a immense thanks. manner. Yes. Yeah. It's been very helpful. Yes. Okay, well, for Foul Pluck, I've been Rachel. Uh, I continue to be Nancy. And I'm Rebecca. And we'll see you next time.